Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Emma Daily Klein podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today. On this channel, you'll find conversations I have with horsemen, horse lovers, and creatives. Those are recorded live with all the good sound equipment. You'll also find the Northwood Farms vlog audios, as well as this show, which is my Instagram live horsemanship remark show that I do every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's a new show. This is episode eight, and it's a kind of a nitty gritty horsemanship details show. Um, And not that I'm ever trying to tell anyone else what to do, just sharing what I'm doing. And these are conversations I have with my good buddies, my good study buddies. Michael Sparling is uh, usually on the show. And this week he was live from a Doug Jordan cutting clinic. And then I answered a question about clicker training. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please subscribe to my channel and rate this episode. And if you like, share it with someone who you think might also appreciate it. Without further ado, here is episode eight of the Horsemanship Remark Show. I'm going to add Michael because he only has a half an hour. Let's see. Good morning. Hello. Good is morning. It cold? You're all dressed up. Chilly. I don't like being cold, so I dress warm. <laughs> being cold either. Who's with you? Is that Katniss? Libby. Libby. Ah. Good morning, Nicole. Oh, cutie. Fun, yes. fun. Okay, so you're going to have to speak up just a little bit because the mic's not okay. picking you up as well. So uh, tell us what's going on. Where are you? Why are you there? Uh, I'm at a Doug Jordan clinic. And uh, yesterday I got to ride my mare, Katniss, uh, and this mare, Libby. I'm going to ride her again this morning. Um, yeah, it's it's fun getting uh, getting them to kind of key into the cow with letting the cow direct the show. A um, little different, but exciting and, and kind of fun to watch everything shape up as they really hook onto the to the flag. We're just doing flag work this this clinic, but um, oh, okay, yeah, it's not not the cattle. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been really neat to to experience which i've done some before i mean i do some cow working but um the way doug presents it really puts the emphasis on don't tell the horse what to do just make the cow the relief um and make the cow the peace i guess is the way we'd describe it and um you know let the horse think let the horse figure it out rather than say here's where i need you this is where i want you um, he's just really good at letting the principle of letting them find the answer, uh, rather than trying to tell them the answer in so many details that you're actually distracting them from the cow. So, um, you know, and with Katniss, it was kind of a thing where she was so paying attention to me. She got onto it pretty darn quick cause she loved it. But, uh, you know, initially it was any time I'd say something, you know, move a leg, pick up a rein, her brain would come back to me, like, where are we going? What are we doing? And, but, you know, as soon as she saw that I was going to say very little and the relief was with that cow, the cow came out in her and she was, you know, this is, this is a hell of a lot of fun. And she's, you know, she just kind of went at it. She was getting in a little close. So I was trying to, um, 
you know, step her off a little bit and give the cow some space because she was wanting to crowd in there. So there's little interjections of, you know, the cow is directing the show, directing the dance, but, you know, you're still, um, there's still a conversation between you and the horse. It just starts with getting their mind hooked onto the cow rather than you telling them what to do relative to this cow. It doesn't start there. So, so what's the, first of all, good morning, good morning, Whitney, good morning, everybody. Um, what, so, I mean, what is the conversation other than good job, way to go, horsey, excellent. Um, well, you are kind of setting a rectangle or, you know, um, Doug described it, you know, he drew lines in the sand parallel to the cow. So you're trying to set this lane, um, you know, and if the horse goes out of that lane, you know, they run into a leg or a rain kind of, they have run into the pressure for rain. And so they learn to, to not crowd that cow or not just kind of out and leave down the arena away from the cow. Cause you've, you've got a, a rain, um, big focus, big, um, emphasis is on keeping everything on the cow side. So if they are, their attention is drawn to the pressure, say, you know, um, when you're starting a colt, you know, buckle really emphasize your, um, your say, leading them through a four quarter yield. They're just kind of taking them out to the right for, you know, some of the first times. You don't want to come in there and just really get active with that outside leg and surprise them and scare them, get yourself in a little bit of a wreck. And you don't want to distract them from that rain, you know. Um, so that really comes into play here where, um, you do too much with your outside leg or even your outside rein. <laughs> he was kind of encouraging us to, to step them off the cow with your inside leg, not so much a leg yield as a kind of a four quarter yield swing front end away off the inside leg um, while still keeping the mind on the cow. So it was kind of a, a um, what would it be? Just a sweep of the front end, but with the deflection um, in the opposite direction of the movement. So you're stepping left, fading out, while still keeping the mind on the cow. And so you accomplish that by using your inside leg rather than your outside rein. You know, the outside rein takes the nose off the cow. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting making sure all of your aids were coming from the inside of the, of the outside of the arena, but the inside of the interaction between you and the cow, um, to keep that focus there. Um, it, particularly as your horse is trying to figure out where to keep their attention, like in, in the really early stages of it. So, but what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Like the philosophy is like, yeah. you know, not new at all. I mean, it, it fits, um, you know, the way he's describing, you know, pressure and release and, and, uh, you know, letting the horse find a spot where their, their brain goes there, they're hunting the piece, you know, except here the pieces with the cow. And rather than me saying, you know, get here, get there. It's the cow saying I'm running over here and the horse is going, if I can just get up to that cow, 
that's where the piece is. If I can get that cow stopped, um, it really interesting. This I hadn't um, hadn't heard before. Um, Doug was explaining. Well, initially, you're not trying to stop that flag. You're not trying to, particularly in flag work. I'd have to ask him if this would be, you know, when you're actually on on cattle. But don't try to stop it. Ride past it. Just let the flag stop, and then you stop. So your horse gets to stopping with that cow. Then you work up to, as your horse, you know, you're, you're moving along. Then you ride past the cow and try to stop it. And then your flag person has to be a little more keen to where they stop. Um, you know, whenever that moment where you ride. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I startled her. <laughs> Snap my fingers and she jumped. Um, <laughs> You know, they have to be pretty keen to when you ride ride past that, that drive line, that cow is going to stop and turn back. But at first, he's just stopping it when it's well out ahead of you. And you're not supposed to ride up parallel with it. You're just, you're going to stop right there. So the cow, or so the horse picks up, that cow stops, I stop. Um, you know, again, um, taking the lead from the cow as opposed to you. So it, it's interesting. I'm just thinking, though. You could almost, as they hook onto the cow, say they hook on really quick, and they're they're needing very little help. I bet you could use their connection to the cow to kind of train your train them toward your leading rein. I mean, that's just essentially, um, or your. And bringing the life out, so really sitting down and tucking your tail. They're going to do it anyway because they got a lot of cow in them, and they're just like jazz. This like is pretty exciting and fun, and I can chase this thing around. And there's a heck of a lot of peace to be found in the midst of this exciting deal. That's uh, a big one, right? Yeah. You know, so it's not dissimilar from you know starting a colt. You'll kind of feel them thinking one way, and you'll pick up the rein and say, "Yeah, let's go that way." So it's like kind of in this mix of whose idea is this anyway well with the, well with the cutting and getting them hooked onto the cow if you wanted to focus more on you know utilizing that to get them tied into your feel you could say here follow the cow and i'm gonna kind of put a little feel in there to help you connect that with what i'm doing i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here um you know if that was more your goal then you know, the cutting is pretty specific because you're, you know, you don't have a cow or you don't have a flag. <laughs> you still have to be able to ride your horse. And, and the whole idea here is like, let the cow direct the horse, um, which is, is cool because then you, you're not trying to fabricate something that the horse would be better at anyway with without you interrupting them. So <clears throat> at least in the early stages. said you have to kind of influence that a little bit once they get get their mind really settled in there so yeah that's it's, it it's it sounds and i haven't i have i mean i've played on flags briefly just barely barely but what when you guys always talk about this what is so fun and i'm really not talking about you because it's the first time we've talked about this but when you hear somebody talk about it like and that and that feeling get even getting the human to feel 
<laughs> feel that um, feeling of the horse going like, oh, <laughs> you know, just that. It's like, you know, it's kind of like the first time we, we maybe felt like that silence in the 100% the peace moment, you know, to feel the horse go. I see people describe it and their eyes are like huge. And the other thing is to feel that true desire and enthusiasm come up in a horse. You know, you know, say you watch horses kind of meet one another in the pasture and one's really puffed up and, you know, kind of moving as fancy as that horse can move, looking as big as he can. uh, You know, that's kind of what we're trying to create is that enthusiasm under our direction, you know, and then being able to bring that down to a real quiet place as well. It's starting to rain here. Um, oh, <laughs> not much. It's just dripping on me, but. Um, the feeling the enthusiasm where it's like, this is how I want it to feel when I bring life up and, you know, say I'm, you know, because he even described if you're in a ranch situation, you don't want to just hook onto the cow and, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, we need to ride past this one or I need to stop now and let that one go because I am I was just setting that one up to rope this one, whatever the, the case may be. You can't just, you know, have them hook, hook onto the cow and there's the end of your day. <clears throat> so can they have that enthusiasm for the cow and learning what that feels like for the horse to really be? kind of on all four feet, ready for the stop, ready for the turn, um, you know, and, and seeing, can I create that same <laughs> almost purity? Cause they're the horses, their mind is fully committed. So their body is, is on the ready, right? Is their mind, can we work toward their mind being with us fully committed to what we're asking maybe it's working a cow or maybe it's something else to where their body is fully on the ready and their mind is just kind of trying to take hold of that and, and find us find our position of peace as that moves around the arena or or whatnot same as as you'd find it with the cow as it moves around the arena or up the dump wall whatever right right and and that's kind of like what we were talking about last week you know putting a horse on a circle and then figuring out how to get around the circle because that's the thing is like we will never be able to uh calculate or we'll never know exactly how to make it happen for for that individual horse where if they understand the the point or the yeah. purpose, a lot of people would say, or the job, you know, then they, then they can figure out how best to get on all four feet for them, for their body style, for, you know, whatever it is. And that's such a revelation. A lot of times is like, okay, horse, you show me, show me what it should feel like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, getting them in the game enough that uh, in the game enough that they are trying to take responsibility for some of that as opposed to just going through the motions because you got a flag and you got a rope and you know 
you know, you're, you're there trying to tweak this, tweak that. They're going, what are we doing? Asking a question. They're having a conversation with us. If there was a horse on the farm that I could only have one of them, I would take this horse. Oh, I told Kathleen that this horse is just freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> she's a hand, Hancock, and I have not heard Hancocks, but you do not tell them what to do. You, you, you let them know this is what you'd like to do, and you ask them politely. You do not come in there and demand things of them. That <laughs> uh, she'll let you know that she's got more class and you know more respect than that. Anyway. So it's been fun working with her, but I digress. And oh, you need to watch the time for me because I have to go. At, yeah, at, yeah, we're good. We have twelve okay. minutes, basically. I just don't have any sight line on oh. the clock here on my phone, so I'll tell you. Okay. I'm watching. Take a class and disrespect Doug by not being there. Nobody wants to be late to class. Yeah. No. Very bad. <laughs> so anyway, we're what you were saying there. Yeah, and the and the thing. I think, um, again, just, just hearing people talk about it. And one of the best things ever is that moment when a horse changes from going away from pressure to towards something that, that, you know, towards peace ultimately, you know, but towards an answer that they understand. Yeah. And especially in a, in a constructive, you know, manner. There's yeah. a few examples of that that you wouldn't want. Obviously, a horse learning that if they can buck you off, they get peace, or we can run you over, they get peace. Like we've seen some extreme examples of that that are very, very bad. Yeah. But in those cases, it's not like you can enjoy it or appreciate it anyway. Yeah. You know, whereas again, like you're saying, if you're if you're just moving them around, that's it's not even in the same category, really, as a horse going towards what they desire uh-huh. and and it's it's neat to hear i mean i know that you've experienced this just you can do it just in an arena so long as you set it up for the horse to like really know what the plan is so that they can get to a feeling of yeah you know peace and then i would you i've heard it described um buck talks about this all the time where, where a horse is really proud of themselves you know in that really proud a horse can get really proud of themselves for accomplishing something yeah and i think even before morning lynn maybe it's the same thing but even before proud they're going I'm I'm part of the conversation. We've talked about this before. There, like you said with Vivian, you see me. Like we're having a conversation here. You're not just out here telling me what to do. That can kind of maybe that's the beginning of the pride coming up in the horse. So the the horse is going, wow, okay, like we're doing this together. <laughs> that's my favorite. The surprise of life. Yeah, particularly if, you know, if there's been, you know, a fair bit of interaction where the horse has been kind of just told what to do and there hasn't been that clarity of where the piece is or the horse hasn't been allowed to think. I mean, 
Doug said yesterday numerous times, like people don't realize the horse can make a decision, right? They just tell the horse, be here, be there. And I think, you know, in the learning process, I know I've, I've fallen into that myself. Like I got to do this for the horse. I got to make them understand, you know, make sure they understand this is where they're supposed to be rather than setting it up, letting them find it. And they go, Oh, I can make the decision. Cause that's where the building their kind of pride and their, you know, confidence comes in. I can make the decision and there is a spot for me to go. Otherwise there's no decisions to be made. I'm just trying to get away from pressure. Like you said, trying to get out of the way, trying to, um, you know, I think of a horse like the guy, you could very easily just be like, yeah, just tell me what to do. You know, tell me what to do. So, um, yeah. yeah. And some horses get so, um, you know, reliant on that for confidence, you telling them what to do. Some horses just get so shut down, you know, of like, yeah, I have, you know, almost like this uh, desolate kind of a feeling, you know, from, from the horse with, if they've always been told what to do. Um, so yeah, bringing, bringing in a obvious thing for them. So neat. Yeah. How, how long did it take Katniss to be like, cause it's not like you haven't been thinking about her thinking or yeah. making decisions. So it probably didn't take her that long. Michael has a super cute little chestnut mare. Where is she? Is she from the four sixes? No, she's from Pitchfork. Pitchfork. That's right. And, uh, she's super cute. We named her Katniss and she's like eight or something now. And, um, adorable. Yes. So she has red hair. It was, Hunger Games era. It was Hunger Games time. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, actually, Emma came up with a name. I'm like, I'm terrible at naming horses. I mean, hell, I named a horse Degamo. Like, what kind That's of name good. is that? That's a good <laughs> name. Him now, but I, like, I don't know. I just, I could have come up with something better. So I'm like, Emma, you got to help me with this one. Give She's me like, about like a fraction of a second. Like it. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so how long did it take her to kind of, uh, honestly, almost no time at all. Like as soon as she realized that was the goal and I stopped saying anything, she was on it, you know? And then I almost, when I started trying to adjust how she was doing it, like I said, she kind of really got in there and was crowding the flag as I was starting to do that, you know, I had to be careful how much I was doing because it was, it was drawing her mind back to me and she kind of lost the connection with the cow or wasn't on quite as much. Um, cause she was just like there. <laughs> and then Doug started having me adjust things and, and she was trying to, trying to get with that cow, but going, Oh, but now I got to listen to you. So, um, it took her almost no time at all which she was the only horse, you know, that went, you know, that was in the clinic yesterday that really, it didn't take anything for her to go. This is cool. You know, several of the others were afraid of the flag and they had, we had to build their confidence. Another one done quite a bit of flag work, cutting some rain cow horse stuff. And that horse just kind of wanted to get away from the flag. He'd kind of been, there'd been a lot of pressure related to the flag. So he'd stop 
do all the moves, but when he'd stop, he'd kind of be out here going, I wish I could head out that way away from the, <clears throat> away from this whole situation. And then you'd have to kind of bring him back through. So there was kind of a, the emphasis there was definitely on, no, all I need is your mind. Like, let's, we got to, that's first and foremost. I'm not going to tell you where to be. I need, especially if you're not in the game, which is kind of interesting. I, I was helping a gal with um, trailer loading and she's here at the clinic and she was, she rode in the clinic. That's why she needed help with the trailer loading. She just wanted it to be better. Anyway, um, she, uh, she said, I can get him halfway in the trailer. And then, you know, when I insist on a little bit more, then he in trouble and he comes out and she'd kind of gotten a spot where she was stuck. He was, she was releasing for him, stepping toward the trailer, but his mind was still leaving the trailer. I say, you gotta, you gotta release first and foremost for his thought going in the trailer. Cause who the hell cares if his body's halfway in the trailer, if his mind is still back out here, wishing he was up where you're not going to get the last two feet or if you do they're going to pop right back out where his mind is so um it or took if they're in there and then they're scared and hurt themselves that sucks yeah yeah so it took almost nothing to get him to actually go in when she started focusing on just release when the mind thinks in there and he's like oh okay and then he popped yeah. her in. but so it's kind of the same thing with this horse is like you know they had his body going with the cow but it his mind was entirely elsewhere so they were really manufacturing a lot of it and it was kind of cool to see that that horse go oh okay and he's yeah yeah i'll be right in there <clears throat> um kind of cool to see um sorry got distracted that's okay it's three minutes so we have yeah, yeah. i i gotta run that um it was cool to see the Him uh, change. I'm sure, right? His yeah. mind, yeah. Go, oh, so, oh, this is all you need is for me to look at the darn thing, and you're not going to put a bunch of pressure on me. And once, okay, I got to run. <laughs> okay, all right. See you next week, <laughs> you guys. I'm going to yeah. stay on just for a second. Bye, all Michael. Right. Have all fun. Right. Have a good ride. See all you later. Right. Hopefully, hopefully, you can click off of here. Yeah, I think he can. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of fun at least to, to check in with him. And it's always neat to, I love summer, you know, spring and summer where we get to get out on the trail and um, learn some new stuff. Very cool. So um, thanks everybody for popping in. I just wanted to answer um, a quick question uh, because it'll be uh, quicker than, than typing it out. So I had a question. I think Flora and I were talking about clicker training just briefly. And what I, I commented that I don't, clicker train my horses. I don't, I don't honestly remember exactly how I said it. Um, and I have done that. And um, I wanted to clarify because there's a lot more nuance around those comments. So um, I have in the past really uh, dive, I dove into clicker training with Nigel and Lil. Um, and Nigel, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, is my lipizan, who's now like 26. And um, so born to do tricks, <laughs> for sure. And um, it was a really, really good experiment and super fun. But really and truly, the definition of, of clicker training, I think in the, um, the purest form, is just positive reinforcement 
training. And um, what that means is that you have three parts. You ask for something, you um, mark the behavior when, when the horse does it or does a piece of it, and then you reward them. So it's very important that you have um, a cue, a bridge, and a reward. I'm doing it backwards. A cue, a bridge, and a reward. And so in the best case scenario in what I've observed, the masters all do this in every discipline. They have a cue. They let the horse know that they that the horse did it or is on the way to doing it. And then there's a reward. And that way the horse is always moving towards something positive instead of moving away. Even if we use moving away to some degree um, as a hint, you still basically have that structure. It was definitely fun to play around with um, kind of sitting there waiting for a horse to do something. You could just put them, I've done this, put put my horse in, in the round pen, let's say, and sat on the fence and and had treats. So I had something that, that my horse wanted and then just kind of waiting for them to start offering behaviors. That's so interesting because they totally do do it. I mean, gosh, you can just sit there and especially if you have a mechanical clicker as a bridge, like basically as a way to say, yes, there, that's it. Um, you know, when we watch, when I watch Buck Brownman do it, um, he's, he's, there's a feel about him that is the notification to the horse that they're on the right track. But this mechanical clicker is really handy for the person. Um, and of course the animal can hear it that fast, even faster than that. And um, so you can sit there and a horse will just start doing things, especially if you have stuff in there, they'll jump jumps, they'll jump multiple jumps, they'll back up to stuff like any behaviors that you have on the menu, they'll start trying them and you can just start clicking. And so um, there, there's been exercises where people have learned to shape behavior, let's say with, with chickens, there was a whole, I think this would be really fun to do. I haven't done this um, because chickens are moving around all the time. So once you teach them that the bridge, the click means that they get a, a reward. And again, the definition of a reward is just anything that that animal wants or a tree could even be heading towards the sunlight or the water or something like that. And that would be what that living thing wants, right? So chickens are doing things all the time. So once you teach them the bridge, you can shape all kinds of interesting behaviors. And um, it's really cool. I mean, and Karen Pryor is the one who wrote um, a book I highly recommend called Don't Shoot the Dog. And then she also wrote um, Reaching the Animal Mind. Both fascinating, absolutely fascinating to read. Um, and it came from training dolphins, right? Obviously, like you can't force a dolphin to do anything. And you also can't scare a dolphin really into doing much. So um, the positive reinforcement um, using the cue, the bridge, and the, the reward um, is how they get them to do all, all those things. Um, and so it was really interesting to practice that. And one of the things, once I realized I didn't really want to do it with a mechanical clicker and a treat, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Once I realized that that wasn't ultimately the result that I wanted, it made me crazy to um, to suffer through going back in how fast I could teach my horse things and how fast I could communicate because I know how fast it can go. It is unreal 
how quickly a horse can can figure stuff out um, once they're on the hunt and moving towards it's 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 mind blowing and trying to be able to do that um, in the manner that I want to now we're essentially modeling let's say someone like Buck who who the whole concept is feel and peace and a connection uh, to, sh- to shape behaviors, but that's way harder to learn to do. And there's so much body control that, you know, we have to figure out how to organize our energy and um, honestly, you know, moving, moving your body around. Oh, made me crazy. I was like, I'm never going to catch up. <laughs> um, I kind of did, or I just got used to, to, to the slowness of it. But here is why um, I moved away from that. We get down to our reward system. Basically, um, if you put a horse on a clicker, the beauty of it and part of the reason, and I'm talking about a mechanical clicker, the the reason that you can really convince horses to do just about anything, um, it, it is something that I uh, would maybe go to if I had a horse in, in major pain, like I don't know, out on the trail or something like that, and I didn't have access to any drugs. You can get them to do amazing things un- unconsciously in spite of like maybe how they would feel because it's passing. You, you're not accessing the conscious part of their brain going right into the unconscious. Um, that's the speed of the clicker, right? But the problem with that is that's a lot of dopamine. (laughs) It's a lot of dopamine to be flooding into the animal's mind. Um, And then if you get really handy um, in the intermittent rewards, the law of intermittent rewards, um, if you're a marketing person, you learn how to use that too (laughs) um, with people very, very powerful with a human. And the promise of a reward is also super powerful, but you can get, it's all very, very interesting. The problem with dopamine for a horse is um, kind of multifold, but what I found is um, they get really addicted to it. And as, as we all do, and there's problems with that. For instance, if you decide you want to go on vacation and or, or just don't have time to play with your horse that much and their brain is just wired to be looking for that dopamine hit, um, it's really hard on them. It's really hard on them emotionally. I've seen horses ulcer. I've seen and, and you hear about this with with animals um, in zoos or, or uh, in situations where gosh, their quality of life and their life enrichment definitely goes up with these kinds of interactions. But if you take it away, it's pretty difficult. It's it's quite difficult for them to cope with. Um, and then you also just get other behaviors. The, the horse ends up being pretty jacked up on dopamine, like that feeling that we get when, um, when we're on dopamine. Um, and so again, on one hand, you can basically get a horse to do anything anything and super intricate things. Um, so long as you know how to, how to thin slice it and then build it into intricate things, um, that, that take a long time before the reward gets there, but the dopamine is a problem. So, um, when you are moving a horse towards peace and taking a little bit more time to communicate the bridge, 
So um, let's say I'm trotting along and I want my horse to stop. Um, so the horse is doing a behavior and then I have a feel in my body, which means, hey, sit your butt down, lift your front feet up and stop. And um, th that's, that would be the cue, even though it's, it's really just a feeling. I'm not pulling on the reins or doing whatever, but the horse can clearly tell that that's the cue. And then the reward is going to be this, this, this feeling of peace. So again, a little bit the difference between, I don't, it, so it's serotonin. Is, is bottom line is a completely different drug and it goes through the conscious mind and then you you flooded with it with a completely different feeling more like and then you can see horses get really attached and and other animals do get really attached to the person um and i don't know that it's pitocin but i think that that's one of them i don't know if horses do but like with people that would be one of the differences um and so if you, if I think of the difference between when I first fall in love with someone, let's say, or, you know, you just ran, uh, however, get, get your runners high with, um, with music or I don't know, some, some adrenaline hit, anything that provides you dopamine. We won't talk about social media and getting a like or getting a notification from someone that you really like and you're, Basically, if you look really closely at a human, your eyes pop open, you know, and um, you are getting a, a hit of drugs. Um, of course, if someone does cocaine or heroin or something like that, that's it. That's chemical to chemical. Um, but the difference between that and coming out of a meditation or, you know, a long hug with a loved one, not on the same chemicals. And it's overall a different feeling. So for me, what I'm after is a horse that um, is powerful and has access to energy and is involved intellectually in the, in the whole process. Like I don't like the feeling of bypassing the intellectual process. Um, and you could play with that to see, you know, whether you feel like that's your experience as well. But but I really like now to take the time for them to, to work it out. So and then the the end concept is is harmony. Right. So power and peace together. And so that's where um, I definitely use the same system. A signal or cue. Some people don't like the word cue, but some sort of a signal. Uh, and that even could be setting up the environment in a certain way, right? Because that could be the signal, time of day, like all of those things. Again, as a marketer, super fun and interesting to, to think about for my job as well. Um, but you using some sort of a signal. And then, and the most, this is really the most important component, I think, of teaching and training is when, tell me when I'm on the right track. When did I get it? And the concept that this, that the notification that the behavior is correct or on the way to being correct, it is very freeing because then you can, the delay between the notification and the actual reward, okay, I'm doing it backwards, and, and the actual reward is, um, 
is really neat to have. And so um, having the bridge in the middle is the secret is, is, you know, is the game changer. And then of course, the, the only thing you have to live with once you figure out that chain is um, you have to live with the fact that whatever you reward, you're going to get more of. So if you're not getting more of the behavior that you want, it's not being rewarded. Bottom line. And so that's a hard pill to swallow at times. You know, what I, I, I know that for myself, like especially... And what happens to me is sometimes if I'm doesn't happen to me as much, but I I remember lots of times where I could not provide the peace for my horse, which meant if I wasn't going to have a treat, I could really cuss a lot right now. Just thinking of the maddening part, knowing that if I could provide some sort of reward, (laughs) I would, I would get the desired result. Right. But so we have to develop ourselves into something that our horse sees as an, uh, you know, some people would describe it as an icon of safety or, um, uh, you know, our sphere of, of peace. So, uh, that is, that is in a nutshell, <laughs> my feelings on, on clicker training. Honestly, I use it all the time but not a mechanical clicker and not treats. I definitely feed treats, um, but, you know, in a very specific way so that my horses understand. In fact, other side note, I think that feeding treats, if you understand how to do it, can be one of the quickest ways to stop a horse from mugging you or being bitey. You've got to figure out how to teach them how to get it, which is to go back and away and then they get the treat and then they never get it when they're when they're on you. The other cool thing about clicker training is it teaches you to wait through behaviors that you don't want. Wait till the horse flips through some behaviors and then and then pick choose the one you want. And there's so much of that that is the secret to I think building things exactly the way um my sphere of people really love. But again, eliminating the mechanical clicker uh, was was just ultimately my choice because I did not end up, you know, it's not it's not a sustainable lifestyle um, for for my horse. I just can't commit to that level of drugs, you know, to them, even if I wanted to. Then the other problem is, um, you know, you you miss out on on. a feeling of a, a coming together um, that is, I, I think, different. So anyway, that's my story. Uh, I hope this helps for those of you that were asking. I wanted to do a quick postscript on, on the clicker training explanation because um, I was on the treadmill realizing that I didn't finish my concept about treats. And I wanted to, I always want to be honest about the fact that I do give my horses treats, um, but it's not in that specific chain of behavior. You know, when, when we, when, I'm not trying to shape a behavior with, with food as, as the reward. Um, not usually, almost, almost never, because then you do avoid the, the dopamine trap. Um, but I give a cookie at the end of a session or, um, a little bit of grain in a feed pan or something like that at the very, um, end of our working session. Mostly it's for me, 
but those kinds of rewards, anything that, that a horse really likes is, um, is going to give them an overall feeling of positivity. And that's the secret because if you are trying to teach behaviors with food, it's not going to work that way because yes, it is a positive thing, but it's not specific enough. On the other hand, if you're trying to avoid the dopamine and just give your horse a general feeling of positivity, then it works really well. So that is um, generally how I use it. One thing, and, and you know, we would say other things like scratches, horses really like it, but we don't tend to get caught up in using it for, um, you know, with mechanical quickers as much because it's just really slow. Um, but it still fits in to that, that same thing, I think, if, if, if you think about it. Um, but just think of the difference between an overall feeling of positivity versus a specific reward for a specific behavior or a piece of a behavior. So imagine a dolphin in a pool. If you want them to go 100 feet away from you, jump through a a hoop and then come back to you, um, then of course you give a signal, you might point, and then once they're, they're right in the middle of the loop, you might blow the whistle, they know to come back to you and get a fish. So it is married exactly to the behavior that you marked with the whistle versus if you just show up in the mornings and you throw a bucket of fish into the pool, they're gonna definitely have a feeling, a general feeling of positivity, one would think, um, but it's not specifically tied to a behavior. So, um, Side note, I, a lot of times I'll watch uh, dressage tests, you know, on inspiring dressage tests on the, on the treadmill. And I love Charlotte Dujardin. She's a team writer for uh, the UK. And, um, if any of you guys know her, please tell her I'm a huge fan and I definitely want to ride with her someday. Uh, I love how her horses go. And, um, if you watch her even in an international test, you know, she will touch her horses. I'm pretty sure this is what she's doing. She'd have to confirm, but you know, if a horse does something very specific, specifically and and awesome she'll touch them like good job that's exactly right which is something a little bit different than at the end of the test you, you know halt salute throw the reins down pat your horse all over like that's a general feeling of of positivity and something at the end of a huge chain of behaviors and of course you know then any of our horses that get done with something like that and they go back, they get massages and cookies and food and, and all of those things. So I just think of the difference between a specific reward versus a general reward. And then um, the very last thing that I just wanted to mention, that's kind of personal, I think to, it's one of those things that you only know for yourself in between your horse, but that thing that that I'm ultimately hunting that feeling of peace between um, my horse and I if they really get a concept and a lot of times I will talk to my horses when I'm teaching them something very specific like um you know I might say yep closer closer yes right there and mostly they're listening to my my body language or my feel but you know, sometimes it is helpful to use that a little bit as a marker. And um, they, in the moment that all of that peace floods between the two of you, that is the last moment that I want to distract them with a cookie. So I've, I've made that error before and it's like just dumping out all the good stuff that you worked your ass off for because that, that flood of all the good chemicals that we were talking about, um, 
they just don't want to do anything to up. I don't want to do anything to upset that. I just want to let that soak all the way through us. And so, so that is the reward, right? And I know that very clearly now, and I don't want to muddy the water um, with a less valuable reward, so to speak. And then I was also, I walked by my bookshelf and these are going to be backwards, I realize, because the camera's pointed at me, but you can at least just, um, when you, when you type in the search, you'll, you'll know what these look like. This is the original Karen Pryor. Don't, don't shoot the dog. Um, this is in 1984. And I think that's really interesting, um, um, to read for sure. This, I give this book away to people. I think that, that, um, I've given this many times away. Uh, this is the one that you probably will find on Amazon. It's her, or at least it's a updated version of that. And then I don't know where you find this anymore, but you recognize the guy, right? This is Tom Dorrance. And this is, I don't know what the copyright is on this one. Do you guys know? But he was talking about it way back then. Oh, 1987. But towards, 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 towards instead of away. That's the definition of positive reinforcement training. So anyway, that's my postscript. <laughs> For those of you that watched this too, uh, I sure would love to hear your feedback. Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in to the Horsemanship Remark Show. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to my channel and share it with someone you think might enjoy it as well. Also, I'd love to invite you to join in live on Thursday mornings at 6.30 on the Instagram show because it's pretty fun to see everybody's faces there uh, as, as we're going along. And occasionally we have a chance to answer some live questions as well, which is really fun. You can find the evolution of a girl channel on Instagram by searching for Emma Daly Klein. If you want to see the recordings of this show, you can find it on YouTube at the Northwood Farms channel. And you can also go to horsemanshipinsider.com. It'll be in the horsemanship hub there. I hope you have a good week going forward and let's connect soon.